0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello, welcome. It's another episode of Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick. This is a fun week because we're just a few short days away from the release of Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. Uh, just over, uh, just under a week from the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield, so we got other stuff to talk about. Because next week's gonna be, next week's gonna be the real doozy, if you ask me. A lot of shit going down, but, but. Let's get into what y'all came here to listen to. First things first, the release of Death Stranding happened last week on PlayStation 4. And while I didn't get to play as much of it as I would have hoped, the first hour or so of the game is very boring. Uh, 90% of the first hour is is cutscene, pretty much. There's not really a whole lot of playing going on. And uh, don't start the game at night, because it will probably put you to sleep. And there's a lot of exposition they just dump on you. And granted, it, it's Kojima. He likes to make movies that are... Movies. He likes to make video games that are practically like movies. You know, I, I don't... I don't knock him for that, but... Hopefully things will pick up, because again, I'm just, I was kind of like, yeah, that's uh, not cool. But, hey, I mean, what can you do? And uh, as I play more of it, I will talk more about it, obviously. But that's where it stands right now. I've only played about uh, just just over an hour. I'm going to get more into it hopefully this weekend, uh, even with Sword and Shield and Star Wars Fallen Order and things like that. So, we'll see how things go. Got some good news out of PlayStation Games Studios. Guerrilla Games recently posted some job listings that could be hinting at a possible sequel for Horizon Zero Dawn. One of my favorite games of, of this current generation... Really one of the reasons I, I bought a PlayStation 4 was was mainly because of that game. it, it hooked me them from the first time from the first time I saw the trailer. and I, I, I do still want to play uh, the DLC haven't had a chance. I know it's been a couple of years, but that is something I do want to check out. I cannot wait to see a possible sequel. It's more than likely gonna be on on uh, the next system, whatever PlayStation 5 or it's gonna be called PlayStation 5 whenever that comes out. So I'm, I'm getting I'm guessing a, a couple years so that that's something I can't wait for really and uh, I hope it comes out to be true that that's for sure. Also, in terms of Guerrilla Games and Sony Studios, um, Shuhei Yoshida has stepped down as president of Sony Worldwide Studios and has been replaced by Herman Holst, Holst of Guerrilla Games to take over as Sony Worldwide Studios president. And uh, apparently, Sony says they are always on the lookout for new studios. Uh, kind of weird though that they haven't bought too many in the last year, uh, last few years. Granted, they p- picked up. Uh, they did pick up Insomniac. No surprise there, but I'm wondering if if there's more unannounced that we n- don't know of just yet. In other news, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is now the best-selling fighting game ever, with 15.7 million copies sold, which is above Street Fighter 2's 15.5 million. Uh, remember Street Fighter 2 is is almost 30 years old as a game. And it is also the best-selling game on Switch, beating out Super Mario Odyssey's 15.38 million, Breath of the Wild's 14.54. Apparently not everyone's a Zelda fan. And it is also the best-selling fighting series of all time with fifty three point six three million copies total sold more than Tekken more than Street Fighter More than Mortal Kombat it, it's just an outrageous amount of games and are just copies sold because it's for everybody you know it's it's not it's not relegated to just one um, it's not relegated to just one type of, of, of fan. It's it's for everyone. And that's why it's sold so well. And it makes sense, you know. I I did get to play it recently when I was visiting a friend who had a Switch. I do plan on, on getting it, you know, when I get my Switch. And it it's amazing. It's fun. It's 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 kinda easy to play. Uh, granted there are people that, that learn it in way more detail uh, other than than me playing for a couple hours. So it, it's something I, I can't wait to, to get my hands on again, but it, it makes sense that it's the number one selling fighting game of all time. It's just it's for everyone and it's easy to pick up it's it's not it doesn't require any crazy learning skills. Like some other, uh, like some other fighting games, require you to learn, and, and the combos aren't aren't intense. Uh, granted, you can get into things like that, but it, it's not it's not required uh, to be to be decent at the game. So that that helps. Kind of stemming from our Kojima discussion, and of course, I made a a, a Freudian slip, if you will. Kojima actually announced that Kojima Productions will make films in the future and not stick to just video games, which makes a lot of sense. The man loves film and Death stranding pretty much plays out like a film. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, Fortnite Pro phase, I think he is, is that, that's how you say his name has been a uh, phase Jarvis has been banned permanently for using an aim bot and he didn't even use it in competitive play. Uh, Though he did put it on his YouTube videos, they essentially, uh, uh, Epic essentially labeled it as a, a, um, as cheating still. So, permaban for him. And it's essentially a warning, don't cheat in their games and post it online, even if it's not competitive. They'll kick you out. (laughs) Uh, Another major Twitch streamer has left the platform. Uh, Courage, who is one of their top streamers right now, uh, not leaving for Mixer, though, this time. He's actually leaving for YouTube, as YouTube tries to ramp up its gaming section. I don't know how long or how well theirs is doing. I I would argue that their gaming isn't as big as Mixer or Twitch or anything like that, um... But then again, it is YouTube, so it actually might be a lot bigger than than I thought. I don't like a lot of gaming YouTube content. A lot of it is uh, it's just like other normal YouTube content. It's just like overbearing, full of ads, and I don't know. It's it's not this. It's all videos, so I, I'm not I'm not a big YouTube guy to begin with. So maybe that that's part of it. I'm I, I, I don't know. I don't know that that's. That's all I can say. I don't really watch live stuff on on YouTube, and I guess uh, yeah, I, I, good on them. <laughs> good on them. Um, Rockstar announced that Red Dead has added uh, Red Dead PC, I should say, has added some missions that were not in the console release. They're not story missions, so it's not major. But, it, but it's still new content that uh, I didn't see any release date or announcement for a console release, so that, that's just a little upsetting. Uh, apparently Square Enix announced that they are working on a next-gen action IP for the next generation of consoles. Does that mean a new IP? Does that mean an existing IP? What, what does that mean, Square Enix? They're so cryptic with everything they do, it makes no sense. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, Sony's Shuhei Yoshida stepped down. I I did mention that. I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, Oh, here we go. IO Interactive has announced uh, that the next Hitman game is well underway. As uh, when the end of the year hits, they'll essentially stop supporting uh, Hitman 2. And, And when I say stop supporting, what I mean is... They're not going to be putting out any more updates or uh, new content or anything like that. It's going to be all uh, it's it's a done. It's essentially done done today, um, and that that makes sense. Uh, they want to move on. They want to make new IPs. So that's what's going to be happening in the future. Expect them to announce whatever the next hitman is in the next uh, in the next few months. Well, it was N7 day last week, uh, meaning uh, November 7th, also to signify N7 with Mass Effect. And all Bioware could rustle up for us was four new armor sets based off alien races from Mass Effect for Anthem. Just trying to do everything they can to get people back into Anthem? Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, some rumor went out that EA had abandoned the trademark for Skate this past week as they let it expire, essentially. But in reality, as people did did more digging, they found that EA had actually renewed the original, uh, the original copyright. So, or trademark. Which then makes people wonder, is a remake or a reboot on the way? Because why would they renew the original trademark, which is an interesting thing to look at. Maybe a new skate is on the way. Who knows? It's crazy that we haven't had like a legitimate skating game in, in a number of years. I mean the last Tony Hawk game was a major disappointment. Uh TPA T P T H P S five. Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater five. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. And the remake and stuff. Um Death Stranding PC is confirmed to be releasing on the Steam and Epic Games Store. It will be on both, not just the one. So that's a, that's a big plus for that, for people who uh, want to play it on PC instead. Uh, and then also confirmed... Uh, Obsidian confirmed that The Outer Worlds will be releasing on Twitch. Twitch. On the Switch sometime er, uh, early next year. So if you don't have an Xbox or a PlayStation... Uh, and you'd love Obsidian Games, that will be there uh, for you to play soon. And the big video game story I wanted to talk about today, really, was what was trending on on Twitter and Reddit this this last week or so, uh, with with Sword and Shield Pokemon coming out on Friday. Uh, it was uh, essentially uh, the hashtag Thank You Game Freak had had started trending. Um and it, it kind of blew up the whole situation and, and it was more in regards to you know people are saying, oh no, you can't you can't criticize Game Freak and look at what Pokemon's done for all of us and all this other stuff. And at the same time it's like, no, no. You, you need to you have to understand that, yes, you can like the game, but at the same time, you can be upset with Game Freak. Like, you don't have to sit there and accept this this nonsense that they had to cut all this stuff and, and all these other ridiculous things that are going on. And, you know, they, they cut out all these Pokemon. Apparently, the only... Um, the only starter that, uh, from the past, that's available in the game without having to transfer it is Charmander and, and the Charizard line. So it's like, fuck you and the horse you rode in on if you liked the other ones. Uh, it's a, apparently after leaks, it's about 400 Pokemon. Uh, it's the smallest Pokedex since Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, which had 386 Um the weird thing is Kalos and Alola, so the last two generation games, had more in their regional DEXs alone than Galar will have total. Um, and here's a post from Reddit. This is from um, user Overdose. <laughs> Fun one, on the Pokemon subreddit. Uh, apparently, so Game Freak stated that they were chosen... The Pokémon they chose were to reflect the region, uh, paraphrasing here, uh, which is based on the UK. However, here's some things that they didn't include. Uh, Team Yell is the new like antagonist group, uh, you know, being about loud. Exploud line is not in the game. Uh, Lillipup, a game from Black and White, is a Yorkshire Terrier, uh, famous for being a British dog. Not in the game. Snubble from Gen 2, a bulldog. Not in the game. English dog breeds, swans a pretty common pet for the monarch. the The Queen owns every swan in the U.K. I found this out recently. Sawana not in the game. England's national animal is a lion. Pyroar is not in the game. And yet, Braviary, based on the American national anthem, uh, animal the the bald eagle is in the game. Uh, drud drud drudigan a dragon type. Pokemon, uh, which bears the closest resemblance to the Welsh dragon of all dragon Pokemon not in the game. Uh, Penguins are almost exclusively found in the southern hemisphere. They are not endemic to the British Isles. A penguin with an ice block for a head, very unlikely to be found outside of Antarctica. Yet, um, there is a Pokemon penguin in Sword and Shield they did not do a flying type based on a puffin which puffins live in the british isles uh, sarina which is uh, a flower in the uk is or er, which does not is a, called a mangosteen which is not does not grow in the uk is a type of pokemon in the game also based on sarina which is a, a russian word for monarch um, skunks are not Nowhere to be found in Europe. Like no not in real life there's no skunks in Europe. Skuntank is in the game. And Pangoro and the that line of Pokemon are in the game, despite the fact that pandas do not live in the UK. Granted, they don't live in France either, but you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's it, it's 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 really ridiculous here. And then another post uh, this is from user SoccerMan95. Uh, you know, it what what started trending after, thank you, Game Freak, was Dexit, so like the mass deck Pokedex exit. Uh, this is his post. I'm going to read it word f- for word here. I think we can all agree that Pokemon has retained the same essential formula for the past 25 years. It needed an overhaul, and the, with the first ever core series on a home console, I think we totally expected it. I gave Pokemon years of excuses because it was a portable game. Now, though, there's no reason for no actual innovation at all. They now have the entire power of a home console to use, along with a $60 price tag on the game. One would imagine this to be the ultimate Pokemon game, yes? Everything we have seen from the leaks, though, seems to point otherwise. Little to no post-game once again. Only a battle tower. One to two hour post-game side story. We all knew Dexit was going to happen, but less than half of the 800+, ridiculous. I was expecting between 500 to 600. Also, Game Freak supposedly future-proofed 722 models during X and Y. We were told Dexit was meant to create better animations. So far, that doesn't seem to be the case. Maybe Dexit meant a focus on better graphics environments. Graphics style don't look stunning, considering it's a brand new gen on a home console. If Dexit was meant to mix up official online tournaments, then just lock the usable Pokemon to just the Galar region. Let the rest of us play freely online with whoever we want. Maybe Dexit meant a brand new take on the gym challenge like in Gen 7. Maybe accessor to totem Pokemon. So far, things seem pretty routine like before, except there's a heavy soccer theme. Maybe Dexit meant an overall focus on innovating fan-favorite cut features. Again, this is a brand new $60 home console Pokemon. I'm not demanding everything returns, but maybe pick three to four features and really work on them. I want something that is worth every penny of my purchase, not just an HD Pokemon. Contests are still absent. A successor to the PokéNav PSS with emphasis on rebattling trainers is clearly absent. Secret bases are still locked to Gen 3, Gen 3 remakes. Difficulty selection. Cool Megas that allowed weaker Pokemon a chance. Seemingly cut in favor of big Pokemon and even bigger Pokemon. You know, the Gigantamaxing. No Battle Frontier. And he ends with, I will slowly, gradually get over Dexit, I suppose. But I'm still beyond frustrated that Dexit didn't result in a much bigger, more innovative entry for the series. I am going to agree with a lot of that. Granted, I don't have my hands on the game until, you know... A week, uh, uh, less than a week from now, it's it's Sunday, so those those come out on, on, what, Friday, five days. So, you know, I'll have final say in a week or so. But, look, you, you can totally thank Game Freak for the things they've done in the past. But at the same time, you have to be like, the fuck are you guys doing? You've been able to innovate every, year over year, going on from Game Boy to, to DS and things like this. And they were able to do a lot on the on the DS. But the Switch is allegedly supposed to be as powerful as a PS3. And when you look at Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey and what they were able to achieve, like those guys knocked it out of the park. Yet Game Freak, I I like what 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 were they doing? Were they not given the the power to, to go big or go home? I mean, Pokemon and Game Freak practically print money for Nintendo at this point. There's almost no excuse for them to be like not able to to, to go above and beyond essentially. I, I don't know I don't know what 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 to say to that. It it's just it, it's frustrating. I'll say that. I it it's it's extremely frustrating. Granted I had qualms with Sun and Moon too. I felt that they had had taken a step back in terms of of overall difficulty and were almost a little more handholdy than than previous Pokemon games. I I didn't play Ultra Sun and Moon, so I, I can't speak on that. But you know, Pokemon fans are all going to be in their late twenties. A, a, a majority of Pokemon Pokemon fans, I should say, are going to be in their their early to late twenties at this point. You know, they they've been playing for the twenty plus years the series has been out. There's, there's no more excuses like I said it, it' it's it's getting ridiculous but they they tried changing things and I know people were upset so it it's time to like I don't know get off the bandwagon I guess you could say or bandwagon there's no bandwagon it, it's time to like grow. A little. It, it, like, stop being in the past, I guess. And that's the problem with the fandom right now. It's like, people are like, you can't criticize them. It's like, no, you can criticize them and be excited for Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's just, let's not sit idly by and just let them take advantage of us anymore. Yes, I know they want to get more kids on board, but that doesn't mean you have to take steps back. But we'll see. Just, uh, like I said, five days until Sword and Shield come out. Uh, let's move on, though. Uh, on to TV. Um, Arrow. I know we've been kind of talking about it two episodes at a, at a time. Um, three and four were really cool. Not great compared to one and two. But um, now, so what happens at the end of three is they bring the people from Star City 2039, 2040 to the past to interact with their parents, essentially. Uh, which creates an it- it's interesting d- dynamic in episode four. Uh, unfortunately, they did not bring Manu Bennett. Back as Deathstroke in episode 4. Who knows what will happen though at the end of the season. Um, building up a lot towards uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Unfortunately there's no episode next week. So we won't talk about Arrow or, or anything from the Arrowverse for a while actually. Um, I think the week of Thanksgiving they'll be back. Uh, but it's been uh, kind of ups and downs. Almost like the the series as a whole if you will, Uh, but that is where it's going, Um, and another uh, character from the past is confirmed for the finale, Uh, Paul Blackthorne is coming back to play Quentin Lance, I I feel like he's one that's been missing a little too much, uh, almost as a voice of reason on the show, Um, but that's me. Uh, Jack Ryan started up a couple weeks ago on Amazon. I finally got a chance to sit down and start watching it. And uh, I think it's really funny. But So this season kind of focuses on like a rogue Venezuela. But Amazon thinks they're slick. Because they're filming in Colombia and trying to pass it off as Venezuela. And the only reason I, I noticed that right away was because of all the Narcos I've watched. You kind of know what Bogota, the capital of Colombia, looks like. And, like, one of the airports they used in Narcos a lot. And it turns out I was right. They actually did film uh, Jack Ryan in Colombia. Because they could not film in Venezuela. And I'm like, oh, real funny. Amazon thinking that they'll just trick dumb Americans. Because they're not going to know the difference between two Latin American countries. Like, this is clearly not Venezuela. This is clearly wherever they filmed Narcos. Like... It's not even like it's 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 blatantly obvious, especially if you've watched the two shows. But it, it is creating good tension. I know some reviews said it wasn't good, but I'm I'm liking it so far. I'm about three episodes deep. Uh, Rick and Morty is back tonight, so be on the lookout for that. That uh, by the time you're hearing this though, it had it had been on the air for four days. But other than that, it's back tonight, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, Silicon Valley, uh, on tonight, I don't, I can't really remember if I've talked about it on, uh, the last few weeks or not, but Silicon Valley is running on all cylinders. It, it's, it's the best it's ever been, if you ask me, and the stuff that they're doing with it is, is hilarious. I like that they're, they're trying to incorporate a lot of the, uh, a lot of the old characters, it's unfortunate that, uh, TJ Miller is not back as Ehrlich, though. That it that is just a it's a downside. It's the only one, really, though. But it, it what they're doing with Jin Yang and Jared and Gavin Belson and stuff is is hilarious. It's it's nice to see though that Pied Piper is actually finally doing well, but they're still struggling with things that they shouldn't be struggling with. And it's just one of my favorite shows. And it it's uh, it's too bad that it's it's. It's in its final season. Maybe we'll get a movie out of it. Who knows? Be like Community. Six seasons in a movie. Um, In two days, Disney Plus launches. And with it, The Mandalorian. Cannot fucking wait. Uh, We'll talk about it next week, obviously. Um, Disney Plus launches at 9 a.m. On Tuesday. uh, And they actually released some plot... The plot synopsis for The Mandalorian. And there is simplistic... As you can get, and it's for the first three episodes. Uh, the first episode called Chapter One: A Mandalorian Bounty Hunter tracks a target for a well-playing cl- client. Episode Two: Target in hand, the Mandalorian must now contend with scavengers, and then Episode Three: The battered Mandalorian returns to his cl- client for a reward. Giving away a lot of information there, Disney. <laughs> Uh, but we also got some other news around Disney plus. The Loki Show will connect to Doctor. Strange in some way. Uh, more Star Wars shows in are in development as the films take a break uh, and that's according to uh, head honcho himself Bob Iger. Um, he had to say that uh, it was an investor or, or dur- during a recent earnings call um, are more in development for Disney. Uh, he also said that in Star Wars case, Star Wars 9, which comes out this December, will be the last of the Skywalker saga and will go into a hiatus for a few years before the next Star Wars feature. Um, no word yet, though, on if that is the normal hiatus that they announced earlier, that like the next film won't come out till 22, or if it's going to be a new longer one. Um, but they are still going to make new shows for Disney+, Plus, which they'll keep Star Wars alive, which is a good good thing, if you ask me. And if the trailer for the Mandalorian is in any indica- indication, and just the idea that they're making an Obi-Wan show, I think, I think we'll be in good hands. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, also said that Jessica Gao, who was uh, the writer of the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty, uh, is announced as the head writer for She-Hulk, and then Moon Knight. Has also gotten a head writer and showrunner in Jeremy Slater, uh, who helped create the Umbrella Academy for Netflix, based off of um, based off the comic, the Umbrella Academy. Uh, got news out of Showtime that a Weeds revival is in development as a sequel series called Weeds 4 2.0. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, considering now that Weed is legal in California... Uh, this time though, it will be on stars. It won't be on Showtime, and uh, Mary Louise Parker will be back for the reboot. So that that's a good sign if if your fan uh, were a fan of the original Weeds program. Got news out of the Halo show casting. They've finally rounded out their cast. Uh, they've got Jacob uh, Jacob and Miranda Keys were the two people that were cast. They got Danny Sapani, uh, who was in uh, Penny Dreadful. And Olive Gray, who has not been in a lot of movies before, uh, have been cast in their respective roles. The only downside to this uh, is that it, it just shows that the show is going to be non-canon. Which is just a little upsetting because Halo's always tried to be... Uh, they've started to build this Halo universe where they have try to be inclusive and connect the dots to everything as much as possible. Uh, and when I say non-canon, it's because they've cast actors of color, which... Which is amazing. I mean, they do not get a lot... In the past, they didn't get a lot of work in Hollywood. And, and now Hollywood's starting to recognize, like, hey, we need to represent everyone, not just old white people. So, my only, like I said, the only downside is it's just not canon. I'm excited to see what they do now with the show and where they take it and how they build off the games and the books and the other meta material. And it it will be interesting to see a new take uh, that's just a little bit different from from what we're used to. So I'm I'm excited to see that. And Showtime's throwing a bunch of money at it. So let's see what they do with it. Uh, And then also announced for the CW is a new Zorro show. Uh, This time though focusing on the female uh, descendant of Zorro. And uh, almost like what they did with like the Van Helsing show and stuff like that, and was that on Sci-Fi, I think. But um, I'm excited to see where that goes. And uh, I-, I made a joke to a friend. I was like, "So does this mean that Bat uh, future Batman stories will have uh, Batman's parents being gunned down in his living room as they watch Zorro on TV?" <laughs> That's dark, but it's funny. Um, But that's it for TV. Not a lot going on in in that department right now. As for movies, though, uh, Disney Plus announced a Hocus Pocus sequel. I think we announced that a couple weeks ago. And I said, why? Why are you doing this? Uh, But with that, at least, there's one, one ray of sunshine. The original cast is back. Sarah Jessica Parker confirmed she's back. Kathy Najimy is back and Bette Midler have all agreed to reprise their roles as the Sanderson sisters. Uh, Warner Brothers announced a release date for Fantastic Beasts 3. Uh, It will release on the 12th of November, so a a year, a year from now, or two years from now, uh, 2021. And they are leaving Europe behind and heading over to the New World and uh, settling in Rio de Janeiro. And the film is set to start uh, production early next year. Phil Lord and Chris Miller were uh, being asked questions about the next Into the Spider-Verse film. And they already convert, confirmed a new Spider-Man in the mix. And that is going to be Supaita-Man. Or uh, Japanese Spider-Man, event- essentially. And uh, someone, a fan asked if the movie contained the Japanese Spider-Man... And if he could help design the character into, into the Spider Verse 2, with Phil Lord responding, he's designed. So that means we are getting Japanese Spider Man in into the Spider Verse. Uh, it was originally from 1978 and ran for about 41 episodes. Uh, it was produced by Toei. Toei, I think that's how you say that company. Uh, he had his own mecha, which was really cool. And. Uh, Yeah, so Japanese Spider-Man is going to be in it. I wonder if he's going to get a Mecha. That'd be interesting. It'd be very, very interesting to see. Uh, Despite the contrary, Disney has announced that they are submitting the entire or majority of the Avengers Endgame cast for Oscar consideration. Which, uh, not for Best Actor, though. Best Supporting Actor and Actress. Uh, For So, Best Supporting, they're submitting, this doesn't mean they're nominated, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Jeremy Renner, Josh Brolin, Paul Rudd, and Don Cheadle. For Best Supporting Actress, they're submitting Scarlett Johansson, Gwyneth Paltrow, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillan, and Brie Larson. I'm going to have to say no to Brie Larson and Gwyneth Paltrow, because they're barely in Endgame, and they're, like, Barely in it. Scar jo has the most screen time out of the five women. And probably has almost as much as Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth. Zoe Saldana is low. Karen Gillan has the second most next to Scar jo, So that makes sense. Uh, Paul Rudd is a lot higher than all of them. Maybe he should even be best actor. But that's just me because I love... Uh love Paul Rudd but yeah that's a interesting take uh I'm surprised about that because Robert Downey Jr. said he did not want to be considered so I guess when whoever pays the rights the checks tells ya, <laughs> you you're, you're gonna listen um we got our first look at the new Scooby-Doo movie um just pictures that came out from Fandango I think I don't know um this just makes it worse that they don't have the, the normal voice cast doing the movie. Because it looks so perfect, other than the fact that Fred's not wearing an ascot. But that's neither here nor there. It's got this classic look, but with modern animation. And like I said, it's just it's still very upsetting that it's not, not the normal voice cast. Uh, Jurassic World. Uh, Colin Trevorrow announced that Justice Smith... And Daniela Daniela Pineda will be back for Jurassic World Three. They were the two new characters added in Fallen Kingdom. Uh, We still don't know what the story is going to be like yet. Uh, Bill Murray has been confirmed for Ghostbusters Three, confirmed by Dan Aykroyd talking about how he filmed his part with uh, Aykroyd or Dan. He's Dan Aykroyd with Murray, uh, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts. Um, but he did not film a scene with uh. Why can't I think of his name, um. Ernie Hudson, I guess his character uh, Winston Zedmore is going to be somewhere else, in the film. Uh, Zazie Beetz was being interviewed, and despite the fact that she's technically part of the Marvel universe as Domino, uh, she did express interest in playing Storm in the X Men reboot. One day. Which would be kind of hard if she's already a mutant. But uh, who knows if Deadpool is going to be part of the MCU and have R-rated films. Or just be part of his own separate universe hopping character. Uh, She was talking to Screen Geek. And uh, I guess she had had previously auditioned for the role before X-Men Apocalypse. And she said, yeah, I think I would be down. I guess obviously it depends on the script. And it depends on if I think it's a good script. I think it would be super fun to do that. Storm also essentially is such an iconic character. I mean, it would be kind of big shoes to fill, I think. I wouldn't want to confuse audiences too much and be all over the place. And now I'm doing DC as well. I think it would be super fun. I think it would be a dope opportunity. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Marvel is rapidly getting ready to cast their X-Men and get that movie started as soon as possible. Um, Scorsese, of course, uh, continues to speak, um, Kevin Feige actually finally commented on the matter as well, uh, he was being interviewed, uh, you know, he said that Marvel movies are not cinema, he later clarified saying that they're a new art form, uh, now he's, was being talked to about Joker, um, so we'll talk about that first, he was talking to BBC and... Uh, He said, for me, ultimately, I don't know if I make the next step, which is this character developing into a comic book character. It develops into an abstraction. That doesn't mean it's bad art. It could be, but it's not for me. You follow? And that's different from the superhero films. It's very different. Um, He also said, the superhero films, as I said, are like another art form. They're not easy to make. There are a lot of very talented people doing good work, and a lot of young people really, really enjoy them. But I do think it's more of an amusement park. Um, I decided I didn't have time for it. Personal reasons are why I didn't get involved for why he didn't produce Joker, uh, even though he was supposed to. And and of course, then he made more comments on Marvel as he's just been opening his mouth everywhere., uh, he went on to say that uh, they're not cinema to him. Uh, many of the elements that define cinema, as I know it are there in Marvel Pictures. But there's no revelation, mystery, or genuine emotional danger. Nothing is at risk. Um, He said this in the New York Times. If I were younger, if I'd come of age at a later time, I might have been excited by these pictures. And maybe even wanted to make one myself. But I grew up when I did, and I developed a sense of movies. Of what they were and what they could be. That was as far from the Marvel Universe as we on Earth are from Alpha Centauri. He said... Uh, the filmmakers he grew up admiring made films about revelation, aesthetic, emotional, and spiritual revelation. The focus was on the characters, the complexity of people, and their con- contradictory and sometimes paradoxical natures, the way they can hurt one another and love one another, and suddenly come to face face to face with themselves. Um, he then um, IGN also mentioned this is from his article. Um, He said Alfred Hitchcock movies were an event film as well, similar to Marvel films, like theme parks. He said, 60 or 70 years later, we're still watching those pictures and marveling at them, but is it the thrills and the shocks that we keep going back to? I don't think so. The set pieces in North by Northwest are stunning, but they would be nothing more than a succession of dynamic and elegant compositions and cuts without the painful emotions at the center of the story or the absolute lostness of Cary Grant's character. First off, I love by North, North by Northwest, and he's right. And his comment about growing of age, a lot like what Kevin Smith said about it. Um, kind of finishing what I said earlier, he says, Many of the elements that define cinema as I know it are there in Marvel Pictures. What's not there is revelation, mystery, or genuine emotional danger. Nothing is at risk. The pictures are made to satisfy a specific set of demands, and they are designed as variations of a finite number of themes. The nature of modern film franchises, market researched, audience tested, vetted, modified, re-vetted, and remodified until they're ready for consumption. Another way of putting it would be that they are everything that the films of Paul Thomas Anderson or Claire Denis or Spike Lee or Ari Astor or Catherine Bigelow or Wes Anderson are not. When I watch a movie by any of those filmmakers, I know I'm going to see something absolutely new and not be taken to unexpected and maybe even un unmalleable areas of experience my sense of what is possible in telling stories with moving images and sounds is going to be expanded the reason is simple in many places around this country and around the world franchise films are now your primary choice if you want to see something on the big screen it's a perilous time in the film exhibition and there are fewer independent theaters than ever the equation has flipped and streaming has become the primary delivery system Still, I don't know a single filmmaker who doesn't want to design films for the big screen to to be projected before audiences in theaters. No matter whom you make your movie with, the fact is that screens in most multiplexes are crowded with franchise pictures. And if you're going to tell me that it's simply a matter of supply and demand and giving the people what they want, I'm going to disagree. It's a chicken and egg issue. If people are given only one kind of thing and endlessly sold on one kind of thing... Of course they're going to want more of that one kind of thing. Today the tension is gone, and there are some in the business with absolute indifference to the very question of art and attitude toward the history of cinema that is both dismissive and proprietary, a lethal combination. The situation, sadly, is that we now have two separate fields. There's worldwide audiovisual entertainment, and there's cinema. They still overlap from time to time, but that's becoming increasingly rare and I fear that the financial dominance of one is being used to marginalize and even belittle the existence of the other. For anyone who dreams of making movies, or who is just starting out, the situation at this moment is brutal and inhospitable to art, and the act of simply writing those words fills me with terrible sadness. Ugh. 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 I get it. I 100% get it. Because he's right. What, What Wes Anderson does, what... Uh, what Spike Lee does, what Paul Wes Anderson does, those are all different movies. You know, you're you're you know, you know you're gonna get something different with them every time they make a movie. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, I said right, yeah. So, it, it, it and I love Wes Anderson films. Those those are those are some of my favorite movies, like of all time. But it's just. um I don't know. And and I I like I said I totally agree. I totally agree with with Scorsese now. He's he's clarified his points a, a lot. And he's made a lot of sense now and and there's no reason to hate him at this point or or disagree with him anymore. It's just there there's no there's no reason to at all. And hopefully now we should be done with this whole thing. Uh, just the final part, though, is Kevin Feige finally weighed in. Uh, he did say, um, he Ki- Feige brought up America, Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. We had our two most popular characters get into a very serious theological and physical art- altercation. We killed half our characters at the end of a movie. I think it's fun for us to take our success and use it to take risks and go in different places. I think it's unfortunate. I think myself and everyone who works on these movies loves cinema, loves movies, loves going to the movies, loves to watch a communal experience in a movie theater full of people. Everybody has a different definition of cinema. Everybody has a different different definition of art. Everybody has a different definition of risk. Some people don't think it's cinema. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. Everyone is entitled to repeat that opinion. Everyone is entitled entitled to write op-eds about that opinion, and I look forward to what will happen next. But in the meantime, we're going to keep making movies. Very diplomatic of him. And with that, we're done with that whole conversation. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Rumors and speculation have that Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred. Uh, Not really on board with that. And Colin Farrell in talks to play Penguin. Interesting. Um, I don't know. That's uh something I don't know. I, I uh, that that's gonna grow on me. I'm not gonna be about it to be. Uh, to f- I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna be a fan of that at, at first. But we'll we'll see how that we'll see how that plays out. It's uh I'm not big on that. I'm not big on that at all. Uh, and here's something weird. Uh, James Dean has been cast in a movie despite the fact that he's been dead for 64 years. Um, And it's going to be in a Vietnam War movie. Uh, Also weird, because he died before we even got into the Vietnam War. So, uh, I I don't understand this whole concept at all. How how does, uh, like, really, Hollywood? What the fuck are you doing? Like yeah, it was it was different with, um. You know, it's different with 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 Peter Cushing. You, you you need to have something portray a character that it already exists, and he's only been dead for like twenty years. Okay, that's it, that's different. Um. Ah, this is so dumb. This is so dumb. Even Jane, uh, even Chris Evans on Twitter was like, "I'm sure he'd be thrilled." This is awful. Maybe we can get a computer to paint us a new Picasso or write a couple new John Lennon tunes. The complete lack of understanding here is shameful. I just... They're going to be... He's going to be constructed using full-body CGI, archive footage, and photos to create a realistic version of James Dean after acquiring the rights to use the late actor's image from his family. Um, the... Jesus Christ. The director, I guess, said, uh, So it's called Finding Jack. It's an adaptation of Gareth Crocker's novel of the same name, which is centered on the abandonment of military dogs at the end of the Vietnam War. Uh, James Dean will play a character called Rogan, voiced by another actor. We searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan. We feel very honored that his family supports us and will take every precaution to ensure that his legacy as one of the most epic film stars to date is kept firmly intact. The family views this as his fourth movie, a movie he never got to make. We do not intend to let his fans down. His fans? How many many of his fans are still alive, or cognizant for that matter? He made three movies before he was 24, and he died at 24 in 1955. This is not for his fans. This is this is a pl- publicity stunt to try and get people to watch the movie. Oh, let's go watch a movie with a guy who's been dead for over 60 years. The... I'm not even going to waste my breath on any more complaining. It's fucking stupid. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here. God, Hollywood needs to just... Infuriating. It really is. Um, Spyglass Films announced that they're working on a Scream 5. No word yet on if it's a reboot or a remake or one of these uh, reboot sequels, like what Halloween did where they ignore all the other sequels that came out. Uh, I really like Scream 4. The last one It was better than Scream 3, if you ask me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd welcome a Scream 5. I don't know how that works anymore in in modern modern day that's a very 90s movie um they also announced that paranormal activity 7 will be releasing in march of 2021 i don't know how you do another paranormal activity i felt like those movies got played out too it's like everybody knows they're fake now like they can't be scary anymore oh jesus and a final bit of movie news before we talk about just uh, other things um I'm like 100% certain that the Snyder Cut is finally going to come out because Jason Momoa tweeted or put out a picture on Instagram from the Snyder Cut showing him fighting. Uh, and this was a finished CGI fight of him fighting Steppenwolf. So, and, you know, he said he'd seen the Snyder Cutter recently. Uh, then Jay Oliva shared, a he's an artist for the DC Universe movies. Shared some storyboards of Superman fighting Steppenwolf himself, and uh, we've been getting a lot more images of the Snyder Cut from Zack Snyder, and I think Warner Brothers knows they need to uh, earn some goodwill again from the community as as they ramp up production on more films. So, and they saw all the goodwill that the release of the Snyder Cut fans did with Kickstarter. So I, I just have this really strong feeling that the Snyder Cut is going to be released. Probably just wishful thinking, but hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Um, that's it for most of the, the entertainment news, uh, video game, movies, and TV. Uh, but we do just have some other miscellaneous stuff, uh, some loot crates to get to. Uh, but first, LEGO announced a new Ultimate Collector Series set. And it's the Batman 1989 Batmobile. Which I'm literally frothing at the mouth over this because I can't fucking wait. I love that's my favorite Batman. Uh, I do have the Tumblr Ultimate Collector Series. Uh, this is so it's celebrating the 30th anniversary of the movie. It is a 3,306 set piece. Uh, it will release on November 29th or Black Friday. It will retail for $250, which is extremely cheap for a Lego set of that magnitude. Um, It's a celebration of both the film's 30th anniversary and the character's 80th. Uh, It comes with a 23-inch Batmobile uh, with a slide-open cockpit, just like the film, a wraparound windshield, and two hidden machine guns with pop-up function. It also has a rotating display stand. It has three new minifigures, Batman um, with his 1989-inspired cape and batarang, the Joker with a gun, and a Vicki Vale with her camera. So, fuck yeah. Totally buying this. I don't know where the fuck I'm going to put it, but I am 100% purchasing that set. I don't care what anyone says, that set is going to be mine, and I'm going to have two Batmobiles. Uh, Also got two loot crates. Um, Got the final Halo Legendary crate, this one focusing on Noble Six. Unfortunately, this one did not come in the really cool Halo Legendary crate boxes they had been doing. Uh, this time it's just a generic black box, and the stuff like almost didn't really fit in in the box, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, it did come with a uh, Noble Six uh, Halo Icons character. Uh, the pin this time was a uh, Warthog. Uh, the shirt is also a Noble Six shirt uh, with his character. Unfortunately, they they couldn't like go into your game file files and pull out. Um, like what your your guy looked like the last time you played Halo Reach that would have been really cool. Uh, it comes with this awesome like UNSC banner. Uh, it comes with a data file on on the warthog, the uh, M12 warthog fast attack vehicle. Uh, it comes with a poster of Noble Six as well. Um, so let me just do this. Uh, a exclusive Spartan survival paracord keychain. Uh, data drop file on the warthog. Warthog pin. Uh, UNSC Wall Scroll, uh, Spartan B312 Noble 6 uh, figure, and the Noble 6 T-shirt. and uh, also comes with a Avatar T, uh, which is the old Greetings from Reach shirt, which came, I want to say, almost two years ago in a Halo Legendary crate. But that's the final Halo Legendary crate. Not great. Not, not bad either. Um, overall, just okay. Uh, and then the second crate... ...that I got this this past week was the second Lord of the Rings crate. So it looks like they renamed this box to Worth Fighting For. Uh, so it says, I know now, folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back. Only they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. There's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, because of Samwise. Mr. Frodo, and it's Worth Fighting For, Samwise Gamgee. Uh, It comes with an exclusive My Friends Tea, uh, which is of all the hobbits. It says, Some may say that fierce battles and great kingdoms are no place for hobbits, but these brave friends have traveled far, and they bow to no one. It comes with an exclusive one-ring bracelet, which is kind of lame, if you ask me. Uh, The burden is heavy, and at the end of all things, you will find no veil between yourself and the great eye. You do not have to carry it alone. It has some braided leather, and the ring is wrapped in... Kind of weird for a bracelet. Um, It's unisex, obviously. Uh, An exclusive Middle-Earth tapestry scarf. War is coming and you must go far. Do not despair. It's only a passing thing, this shadow. And you have a long journey home. Also, exclusive Frodo and Sam socks. He made a promise, Mr. Frodo. A promise. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. And he doesn't mean to. Also, uh, Leg- Legolas and Gimli socks, which I'm going to wear all the time. Gimli never thought he'd, be f- he'd die fighting side by side with an elf, but side by self with a friend? Aye. He could do that. <laughs> uh, also, an exclusive Rohan banner. Gondor calls for aid, and Roda- Rohan will answer. Now is the hour. Riders of Rohan, oaths you have taken. Now fulfill them all to the lord and land. And then also an exclusive Leaves of Lorien pin. Unfortunately the pin has been delayed. It will come in a li- in the final box. Uh, it says, When the Fellowship came to Lothlorien, the Lady Galadriel bestowed upon them brooches bearing the Leaves of Lorien. May they keep you safe. Uh, really lame. This box is enormous. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff in it. So that was a weird letdown. Um... That's it, though, for this month. Uh, Some some loot crates to talk about. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com, where you can find links to all the show's social media pages, like our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or just give us a follow at nixnerdnews. Just look for our logo. Also on nixnerdnews.com, you can find our show and listen to current and past episodes right in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you will find links to our Spotify page, our Google Podcasts page, as well as our Apple Podcasts page. Uh, Or you can find us on your preferred podcasting service. Uh, We are still working to get on iHeartRadio and some other services. Uh, Otherwise, that's it for Nick's Nerd News. I am your host, Nick. Thank you guys for stopping by, and I will catch you on the flip side.